cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a cold of silence and it can't go on. China, they are maximizing the profits, as they like to say, 
and cheapening all the products at the same time so they don't last very long. It really doesn't matter that they don't last long because as long as we have this pre-availability of credit cards, it seems that the sky is a limit to the average person who doesn't know anything else. How on earth did we get to this stage of manipulation? Well, it's to do with the creation of reality and how masses of people can be conditioned slowly through generations into leaving one field where they chew happily on the grass into another field, a field that was already prepared and planned by people who lived hundreds of years ago. Because those who rule the world work intergenerationally. Now I hear the music coming on, and I'll be back after these messages. Everybody knows that the days are loaded. Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed. Everybody knows the war is over. Everybody knows the good guys lost. Everybody knows the fight was fixed. The poor stay poor. The rich get rich. That's how it goes. Everybody knows. Hi, folks. Alan Watt back here again on Cutting Through the Matrix. In the following shows, I hope to go through some of the histories and some of the religions going from very, very early times, which transformed us all generation by generation up to the present point, and show you the new religion, which is pretty well almost here, a form of state worship, a form of state worship also based on earth worship which really is one and the same thing for the elite as long as we believe it then we will do and believe whatever they tell us this can only be done with uh, one or two generations once that's done you'll see children happily volunteering to be sterilized to save, save Gia and Mother Earth now, this has been written about by people involved in high think tanks Think tanks which plan your world, they plan your reality, and they market it into your head through magazines, television, and they make sure that you're all indoctrinated in the same schooling, and that way everyone will believe the earth is flat if they say so. People can be made to believe anything, unfortunately, and that is the problem. Mammals all look towards the older mammal, the parent, at least one of them, to point out things which they should be aware of. If the mammal doesn't do that, the parent and the young one will think that the world's born into, and all its enemies, the predators, are quite natural. They're friendly towards them. It's the same with humans. If your parents didn't know, didn't question the reality into which they were born, and don't warn the child, the child grows up thinking, this is the only possible system that could ever have evolved as simple as that this is called the creation of culture or culture creation written about thousands of years ago by various philosophers mainly from Greece and some of the Aramaic countries where they tell you how they create the cultures of their own periods and how they kept control of those cultures and even updated them like computer programs 
mainly through the arts and the sciences, the drama, the fashion industry, and even called it the fashion industry 2,300 years ago. They made sure that everyone in ancient Greece at one period had to attend the traveling plays that were put on by actors and actresses that came from the Middle East. Even the slaves had to go because they would copy or mimic, as Plato said, that which they saw on stage, including the fashions and the music. Music was such a powerful tool that Plato wanted it to be licensed. He knew the effect it could have on the youth, but he also knew that the military music also stirred the youth to war, and that could be useful to those in control, the dominant minority, or the guardians, as he liked to call his own class. Aldo Huxley, in various speeches towards, uh, or at least at Ivy League universities, spoke about this dominant minority still existing. He said that it had always existed, and he saw no reason why it shouldn't always exist. And that is true. To them, it's their world. They own the resources of the world. They own the financial system of the world. And they also inbreed like crazy because they marry wealth. Not just any wealth, not new wealth, but old wealth. Because to them, you prove your good breeding, as they call it, through having selected mates, mates who have accumulated wealth through many generations and never lost it. That's how they're mated up. The idea, in fact, of love, romantic love, is a fairly recent phenomena being promoted to the public. Prior to the 1800s, it was more of a practical thing to do, was to get married, to keep the species going. And plus, as most folk lived on rural areas, they needed all the help they could get on the farms. So the more children they had, the better, the more chances of survival the people would have. The modern histories they give you would tend to make you think that every male in history had it so good. And that's the big lie. Most people did not have it so good. Uh, right up into the 20th century and many today, even the Western world, have it fairly poorly. Coming from Britain, I watched the machinations of a country being merged with Europe through my whole lifetime. And it was always decried as false by those who were actually doing it. I think it was summed up pretty good by professors at Oxford University who said that we always deny with our lips that which we do with our hands. It was so easy to see the amalgamation taking place in the little catchphrases the Jews when prime ministers all met together to tighten the bonds and to get closer ties with the European countries. Today, in the Americas, we're going through the same process. It's not happening by chance. It was planned before I was born and before your parents and grandparents were born, in fact, this particular amalgamation. Karl Marx wrote about it in the 1800s. He said there would be three great trading blocks, a united Europe, a united America, and also a united Pacific Rim region. He also mentioned the most favored nation, 
trading status as well. The same term they still use with the economic unions of today. We're living through a big business plan, a, a long-range business plan, in which we have no participation. We just go through the motions and do what we're told and vote new people in. And yet, regardless of who you vote in, the same agenda goes on. Because really, all sovereignty was signed away at San Francisco at the end of World War II, when all the countries signed the UN Treaty, the Charter. The trick then was to fool the public into allowing amalgamation to take place, slowly, ever so slowly. That's how you don't spook the animals, you don't spook the hair down below. And sure enough, it works very well. And that's also part of the reason why, in the Western world, they suddenly came out with credit cards and gave you easy loans, even without collateral, for the first time. It was to get a generation dumbed down, happy, stuffed full of good food, and all the fun they could possibly buy while they were doing all of this. Because when you're poor and the, the tyrants are going further with your life, you tend to object a little. But when you're stuffed and happy and entertained to death, then you you, you graze quite happily. You're in a semi-coma. You're comatic. You're hypnotized in a sense. And that's what's happened. Once the amalgamation takes place, then they'll pull the rug from underneath you and stop all those cheap credit cards and, and interest and so on. And then you'll be back in hell, only with a new master. It's really the same master. It's only the top of the pyramid, the capstone, that will be in charge and come out openly. For those in, the, in Australia and New Zealand, this has been brought about by the, the Royal International uh, um, Society, basically, of Britain. In the West, they call it the CFR, the Council on Foreign Relations. In the, the, the East and in all Commonwealth countries, is called the Royal Institute for International Affairs. You'll find most politicians, the major politicians for the last 50, 60, maybe even 70 years, have all been members of the Royal Institute for International Affairs. An association began by a royal charter. In other words, it was promoted and given a royal decree to exist on behalf of the elite of London to bypass what they call democracy. They decided that democracy was just too tiresome and, and, and all these arguments with different parties made, the, the, made sure that nothing really was done in a hurry. And these guys at the top are very impatient to have their plans fulfilled. So they thought they would give us a dummy parliament with a lot of dummies yelling at each other at the bottom and make sure that the boys at the top were employed by them. That's how it's done. And Professor Carol Quigley wrote about this in Tragedy and Hope, and in his other major book is called The Anglo-American Establishment. He was the historian, the official historian, for the Royal Institute for International Affairs and the CFR for many years, and he said there had been a parallel government for about 50 or 60 years prior to his writing this down, and that was in the 1960s. That is why, regardless of the faces that change throughout your lifetime, in politics, this agenda steamrolls ahead. It's not just an agenda with a, a little goal for more wealth for the elite. This is the struggle for the entire planet to come under their dominion. 
that includes everything on the planet, in the planet, everything that moves and breathes, all natural resources. These characters at the top are going for godhood, you see. They have decided as well that we are just too inefficient the way we're made. They want purpose-made people, and hence that was the, the reason for the tremendous financing into genetic research. Back in the 60s, they talked about the need to always to help the poor, sick people, those with genetic deformities and so on. They pull this out of the bag all the time when they want really to change the entire population. And, uh, of course, the only way you could possibly uh, stop genetic deformities is to remove the genes. And so the public allowed the tampering and all the testing to go on. Unbeknownst to the public, the Human Genome Project was underway worldwide. Everybody knows that the days are loaded. Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed. Everybody knows the war is over. Everybody knows the good guys lost. Everybody knows the fight was fixed. The poor stay poor. The rich get rich. That's how it goes. Everybody knows. Hi, folks. Alan Watt back here again. I'm cutting through the matrix. Before the break, I was talking about the genetic research and why it was a must-be for those at the top. Because they're, they know that the, it's hard to keep control of a world population if you don't have complete information on every individual. Every individual must be predictable, completely predictable for total control. The ID cards that are being dished out worldwide the active ID cards will become your credit cards too, your bank cards, eventually your sole bank card. That's been admitted to in England. And it's the same card worldwide that's being used. But also that's on a stepping stone towards ultimately altering the people themselves, enhancing them. They use these lovely terms like enhancing uh, people by removing defective genes and putting in superior ones purpose-made people, as Plato talked about 2,300 years ago, is coming to pass. That's the next step. And we are in the balance right now. The world is in the balance. Everyone on the planet is in the balance to hang on either to humanity as it's been or to go along with it. And judging from what we see around us in society, over 90% of the public will go along with whatever they're guided to go along to by the elites. You see this in their, their lives. They adopt everything that's given out to them. They question nothing. They listen to the 6 o'clock news, and all they can repeat is the news they've heard on the previous night's station. They have no original thoughts of their own. The young have also been under attack. We've all been under attack through inoculations their entire lives. And you can see the dull eyes in many of the young now. They have no interest in anything around them. They only come to life, if you call it that, when they're playing video games, where they grow and killing everyone else. That's the whole object of a video game, something invented by the military 
to help allay and remove the natural disdain for killing other people. It makes it very easy for them to join armies. And that's why they gave uh, the video games to the public 20 years ago. They wanted a generation to grow up that would join the military because the U.S. especially was a driving force, they had decided, and the financier to supply men and arms and so on for the last part of their conquering across the Middle East to bring about a standardized world. We're living through it right now. And people are, by their silence, acquiescing to the whole agenda. It's so strange that people who are abused will turn to the abuser for safety, something the elite have always known. And so we have a campaign of terror on the public. They call it a war of terror. They mean it as a war of terror, but they're not telling you that the terror is upon you to train you all into submitting quietly and doing what you're told as you go through the greatest changes we've seen in history for thousands of years. They call it the changing of the age. They plan the world in ages. 2,000 years ago, one age ended, another begun. Now Aquarius is going out or coming in and Pisces goes out. That's what they mean by that. That's what George Bush Sr. meant when he said everything was going to the heavenly plan because they used the zodiac like a time clock in the high secret societies that are not so secret anymore. Later on in this show, I'll be taking some calls and I depend upon the engineer for today at least to let me know who's who'll be on the line and we'll see what we can do and reply to your questions. Please don't make them the usual questions that people do ask of what particular group is behind it because I've gone on into this in so many talks before that all the competing groups amalgamated a long time ago. You'll find MI6 at the top compartment and the Mossad and the CIA and a host of others have been amalgamated since World War II. That's when it all really happened. We live in a, a fairy tale world in the sense we were taught to be perpetual children and not to think for ourselves. Most don't. That's the sad truth. They only think about information that's downloaded into them through education and through television and magazines and science shows and all the rest of it. Even though the science shows are meant to keep you in the past because everything we're given at this level is actually obsolete and was a long time ago. The computer itself was only given to the public as a training mechanism to train the public into smaller and smaller computers and the cell phone combined, ultimately. And then the next step is the brain chip. That's how you lead a horse to water, you see. Only this time, they'll allow you to drink for yourself. They won't make you drink. I'll be back after these messages. That the dice are loaded Everybody rolls With their fingers crossed Everybody knows The war is over Everybody knows The good guys lost Everybody knows The 
uh, are both the same. It doesn't matter. They're taught they deserve their, their, their little rewards at the end of the day. And their whole life runs around acquiring more and more cheap goods from China that make them smile for a few days until the novelty wears off and they've got to buy something else. It's just like training rats to collect seed by pulling a lever. That's how you reward yourself for working. How many people really will be working in their jobs, the boring jobs that they're in, with all the increased stress that constantly goes up and up and up, if they had the choice? We are in a system, complete commercialized system, a system based on economics, a science, of course, which most people are kept out of. They don't teach it at lower school. It's, it's kept back for those in the know, those who deal with the money, like Lord Rothschild said, because those who deal with the money and don't produce anything, they just deal with money, will become incredibly wealthy, even though they're non-producers. And as Rothschild said, they will understand the scam of money, but they won't complain about it since they're doing so well by playing the game. And that is true. That is true. The economists of the 1700s and 1800s already had the future mapped out. Read the books, John, John Stuart Mill, for instance, and his son, who was also John Stuart Mill, who took over as one of the top economists for, for Britain and the monarchy. And he had listed all the peoples who would be brought into the next society and those inferior types or races or creeds that were deemed impossible they couldn't possibly adapt to the new system that was to be brought in. They had the American Indians written down for eradication. They had even the Irish written down for eradication because they kept rebelling and saying no to all the demands of London. They didn't want these factories and, and 16 hours per day inside these brick walls producing widgets for someone across the world somewhere who could afford them. So the eradication of species of humans or creeds of humans or types is nothing new. Hitler didn't dream that up. Hitler was just another part of it that came down the pike, all from the same source, really, because eugenics has always been a big, big part of this program. The nobility, even in ancient times, practiced eugenics. They chose their mates or had priests choose them for them. They went through their genealogies and they married certain types into other certain types to eradicate too much emotion. They wanted to breed in the logical part, the part that could be firm and tough and perhaps ruthless at times. They said that was a good leader, you see. And it's the same today. We now have a few thousand of them running the world. And we call them psychopaths. They're inbred psychopaths. They have all the money in the world, and therefore they have all the think tanks in the world. The pyramid from the capstone down is just one boss at the top, one group, and a whole bunch of think tanks down below them, and then the media before below that, then the military and police, etc., all the way down to the bottom level. The wasteland, they call it. That's why they have the sparse grass at the bottom of the pyramid. It's the wasteland, the wasteland of the general public, those who are base, as they say themselves. That's the mystery of the pyramid, nothing phenomenal about it at all. It's a system, a complete entire system, which I call
called the matrix. The matrix comes from the mother, from matter, the world of matter we're born into, because this world is a battle all the time between forces, forces of spirit versus forces of matter. We humans are the only beings, supposedly, that has the, have the ability to think and choose between what we think is right or wrong or, or destructive and non-destructive. Yet we, we generally fail to do so. We take the easier path, which generally hurts other people. We have lost our ability to be cohesive, and cohesion helps you get through crisis. That's why tribes at one time took care of everyone in the tribe, regardless of their status. It didn't matter. Because the purpose at that time was not to serve an economic system as it is today. The purpose was to stay alive and fulfill yourself as much as you could within this world and get as far as you could possibly go. And that didn't mean going on in a commercialized system, exploiting others to get to the top. When money came in around coined money around 800 BC. In came the whole very old culture that already existed with the Phoenicians. In came that with it, and everything was reversed. Now the public were there to serve the economic system and not the other way around. Nothing has changed. That's still taught in economics at the top today, that everyone exists to serve the economic system. And yet the economic system has decided that there's just not enough resources to go on for a few more million years. If everyone gets their little toys and goodies, the little rewards we're taught to expect. And they will run short of all the different things that the elite themselves will need. And therefore, they planned a long time ago to start reducing the population by any and all means possible. And like good little bosses at the top, they don't tell the public what they're really up to, they simply give you inoculations and all kinds of things which destroy your immune system and you start getting crippling diseases before you're 30. That makes you ineligible for a marriage partner to mate and if you're out of the running. This was all discussed at meetings in the early 1900s. Read the book, The Next Million Years, by Charles Galton Darwin. One of these particular elites and the grandson of Charles Darwin he describes having to reduce the population, and he gave us a dilemma. He said, he said, here we are giving inoculations which might stop the natural production or, or, or consequences of overpopulation by increasing population. He says, we have to do something to counter it. Well, if you follow all of the problems we call um, premature aging diseases that are out today, you start to find the course and the causes because they follow along with the charts for inoculations. He even talks about ways to, to basically destroy the higher intellect in the general public so there can be no problem to be easily managed by their betters. That book was applauded by all the major owners and newspapers of Britain and some parts of the, the world reason being that all the top people in the world owned those newspapers. After all, if you want to brainwash people and give them a false reality, you must control and own all information. When we look at where we are today with the computer, 
and how easily and how quickly everyone slipped into putting all their information out in the open to be grabbed by the security forces or whoever else wants it. It's rather astounding. People fought wars to have privacy. Privacy, something they never had before the, the first revolutions in the, the, the 15th, 16th, and 1700s. Privacy was something you fought and died for because it was almost a holy thing, the right to be left alone. People got indignant about it. And yet today, you ask the average person about all the info they're putting out there on the computer for everyone to grab, all the authorities to grab, and they'll tell you, I don't care, I have nothing to hide. Well, you see, that's a statement of a happy, fat, contented, gluttonous slave. That's what that is. That's what you're hearing when, when they say that. They're happy slaves. But those same happy slaves will howl when it all goes down, which it will at the right time. As we amalgamate the Americas, something that isn't new at all, people forget the free trade negotiations, really, which were the preamble for NAFTA. The important parts of any particular bill are in the preambles, because in there they describe the terminology and what the terminology will mean in all forthcoming documentation. They discuss the integration, starting with Canada, and the U.S., Mexico, to be followed by Chile. For the last 10, 15 years, our tax money has been building up agri-food businesses under the five main agri-food businesses in Chile because they are to start to produce all of the main vegetables, etc., that you particularly need. The farmers in North America were to be put under, out of business. Again, not a new proposal, because of the United Nations, it was said back in the 1950s that farming was just too important to be left to farmers. What they meant by that was the big corporations were to take over, something verified by Professor Carl Quigley, the man who chose Bill Clinton for his Rhodes Scholarship. For world government, of course, that's what the Rhodes Scholarship is for. And... And quickly said that this new system they're bringing in is a new feudal-type system, where the new feudal overlords will be international corporations. That isn't a surprise to anyone who studied their history, because you'll find that they, they talked about that long before Quigley as well. The monarchy of Britain and the establishment, as they call it, I discussed that back in the 1800s. In fact, it even discussed it even earlier when they created the beginnings of the British Empire and very quickly followed it by the establishment of the British East India Company, the first real big corporation of the world. And only those who were in monarchy and members of the related aristocracy could be shareholders in it. It's still really going today. So we live in a fantasy land, a fantasy land designed for us by intelligent people who work in the think tanks. They work for the big boss man. The big boss men don't do any work at all. So even the front men like Rockefeller, etc., are still workers. They're worker bees. 
but they're not the bosses. You go back into the writings of Adam Weishaupt, only one member of one group of a particular high Masonic group called the Illuminati, a name they stole from the real Illuminati that had existed for centuries. And Weishaupt said that they would create foundations, philanthropic foundations that would go under the guise of charity to take over the world. You'll find that your world is run now by these foundations through non-governmental organizations. That's how the Soviet system was run. And that's why the Soviet system was actually set up as a big prototype where they could iron out all the problems. Lenin himself said the dictatorship of the proletariat it should have been over the proletariat, actually. He said, it'll last about 70 years, then we'll merge. We will merge with the West into a new system, a system which is neither quite capitalist nor communist. And what you have is socialism and massive bureaucracies to run the majority of the public for a small fascist elite. Back after these messages. That the dice are loaded Everybody rolls With their fingers crossed Everybody knows The war is over Everybody knows The good guys lost Everybody knows The fight was fixed The poor stay poor The rich get rich That's how it goes Hi folks, Alan Watt back here, cutting through the matrix. As I say, the talks I give aren't the most pleasant talks because I don't look at all the fantasy bright sides that most people do look at, all the things that you're taught to believe in, be happy, just be happy like that silly song goes, don't worry, be happy. If you're happy and you know what's going on, then I'd have to say you're actually crazy, perhaps psychotic. Because what's happening is not pleasant. We're living in a time when humanity, as we know it, literally is in the balance. It's a time where we make the decisions ourselves, where to acquiesce to giving up everything, our humanity, our ability to live our own lives and, and choose our own directions, or to simply hand it over to a small elite who believe they've got it in the bag. That's what we're living through right now, is an incredible time of changes. Changes which you can participate in if you want to. If you can get through all the, the various groups that are out there which will mislead you, because the big boys tend to think of everything. You must be your own person in this and decide what is important to you in this highly dysfunctional, later society we live in where most people can't even get on with each other on an individual basis. We have to overcome that and decide, do we want to go down quietly or do we at least go out with the bang rather than a whimper? That's where we are today. And yet knowing what's going on helps you transcend all the worry. 
it gives you a form of peace because suddenly everything makes sense to you for the first time. You don't get it from the mainstream media. Their job is to keep you off balance and worried and make you want to save this particular system. Even though the elite themselves have decided they're changing their system, you see, they own the system completely. You don't. You accept it simply because you think it's normal. It exists. Lenin himself, trained by the best bankers on the planet, said there are many, many ways and directions society could go. A thousand, he said. But the public must never be made aware of this. They must think that the one they're born into is the only natural evolution it could possibly be. And that is true. Most folk do think that. They're trained to think it. In fact, they're trained not to do much thinking at all. That's what school is for, to stop you thinking for yourself. Standardized education is the method they use, and then reinforced by cartoons all the way up to movies for adults to stop you from thinking. It is amazing to have a brain capacity and use 10% of the gray matter in it. And even then, we, we have to turn it off and download ourselves with so much entertainment which programs us. Now, I'll be back again on Wednesday with some more information, and hopefully I can take callers then. So from Hamish, my dog, and myself, it's good night, me or God, or your gods, go with you.